Café Rollist is your caffeinated tabletop RPG break. It started as our exclusive Patreon show, but following a survey with our supporters, I am happy now to share its most recent episode here with you. If you enjoy this show, please consider checking out our archive of a hundred or so additional episodes, which are still exclusive on Patreon. Hello, welcome for another Café Rollist and uh, spoiler alert, that might be the last Café Rollist for quite a while, but more about that towards the end. First, I've got uh, yet another great guest today, uh, Amit, could you briefly introduce yourself? Uh, yes, hi, I'm Amit Moshe and I am the creator of City of Mist uh, RPG and um, I'm the kind of I guess founder of uh, Sun of Oak Game Studios, and uh, I'm also doing game design for our new game, Queers RPG. Cool. You you've been on quite a journey since the last time I saw you in person. It was Dragon Meat 2016, <laughs> we think, but we're not entirely sure. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. I mean, this is just the beginning. It was after our first Kickstarter, and um, now we. Um, uh, we are, you know, five years later. And a lot I'm of sorry, things. Are we, uh, are we live? I just have to ask you that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're live. We're live. We, okay, so we're on okay. Twitch. We've got a astounding one person <laughs> who hopefully awesome. is not a bot in the chat room. So uh, a new person. Uh, welcome. I wasn't sure if it was a recording <laughs> or a live thing. Also, hi, everyone on Twitch. Hello, Twitch world. <laughs> Uh, we've got a couple so, yeah, of... It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so much stuff happened since then. Uh, I read my own game. My first own game. So uh, things things happening. Awesome. Congrats. <laughs> oh, we've got... After Avi so long in the industry, it's time. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Uh, uh, after interviewing people and people, game designers be enthusiastic about their game. Uh it had to be con the, the best kind of something contagious. Uh, but we, we've got a, a couple of ice-breaking questions uh, because the Café Release, it's a spin-off show which was born out of the, the pandemic. Uh, my first question is, um, what is your routine like uh, at the moment? And was it impacted by the all the ongoing situation at the moment? What's a typical day for, for Amit? Well, I have to say, for me, the pandemic was um, work, 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 uh, because um, you know it was it was all the distractions went away, really, in a way. Um, you know, I just kind of uh, I'm away from from home, from Israel. I'm originally from Israel. I moved to the United States to be with my partner um, during the pandemic. I mean, we were always together, but like we we're going back and forth, and then we realized we have to kind of choose a place for the pandemic. So I did that. So, you know, even though we have family here and everything, most of the social connections, even if I was in Israel, you can't meet. So um, I just like really took a deep dive. So for me, you know, a day would be really from the morning until the evening, um, you know, intensively working about on all of these, you know, um, responsibilities and um and designs and all these things and uh it's been pretty cool it's been tough but pretty cool but at the same time um you know i've never i've never worked 
as intensively as I did during this period. So, I mean, I've always, you know, you know, I work nine to five, maybe as a designer, you work less than nine to five, but now it's like, you know, full steam ahead. So are you full-time son of Oak now, or do you still have uh, another job uh, on the side or at the front? Um, I've always been full-time son of Oak since we started in 2016. Yeah, or at the end of 2015. So I've been, I've always been doing, you know, when you begin, you can, um, you're kind of a little starving <laughs> at the beginning and uh, you're, you're uh, but, but it's always been full time. But, you know, there are different types of full time when you work for yourself. It takes some years to learn how to work if you're, you know, if you're a creative and you're used to like, You know, taking your time and going <laughs> in depth to everything. And uh, it's a little different when you become, uh, you know, a manager of a company. Great. Did you pick up any skills or hobby recently uh, with, with the fact being isolated somehow? Um, well... I've always kind of, in the recent years, I've kind of dabbled more and more and more with mobile games. I didn't used to have time for them, but now it's kind of my de-stressor. De like at the end of the day, I might, you know, play play half an hour, an hour on a mobile game just to like let my head completely be numb. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a thing I started in the pandemic doing a little more. It's more free time, I guess, or more dead time, I want to say. Yeah, myself, I had recently a lot of trouble trying to, to find ways to, to relax. I always felt like, so until very recently, until last week, I was uh, job hunting. And whenever I was trying to relax, I, I couldn't because I didn't feel somehow I earned the, the free time. So I, I needed to be productive with my show, with my games and so on. And the only thing I played so far which sort of took my mind out of things was Rainbow Six which is not my type of games normally but really just mindlessly being concentrated on lurking in a corner of a room to shoot at someone somehow somehow <laughs> that took my brain away out of my yeah. of my troubles I think a lot of these games are actually motor games. They're they're all about like your your moving, your movement, and not so much about analysis. So I think for people who are you know working in a creative headspace, um, they're actually a good relief. Preferably, I mean, I should probably go and like do a, a couple of you know laps around the block, but <laughs> given the fact that there's no chance I'm doing it, it's uh, probably better to move my finger than nothing at all. <laughs> so to continue on gaming but go uh, in the center for what you are for uh, today so queers what what is it about I'm gonna put some yeah yeah so um, queers is a very special manga by a creator called Isago Fukuda who lives in London Japanese uh, queer creator and um It's, it's just this beautiful thing. I, I know Isago and I um, kind of been following the manga for a while that he's been releasing. It's a beautiful, um, I want to say, it's kind of like Power Rangers where the heroes are have rainbow powers. That's kind, of a, that's kind of the source of it. And obviously it is LGBTQ themed. 
Um, the cool part of it is that it's like it combines action and feeling in a really unique uh, way because they're, they're totally super powered um, individuals. They fight villains. The villains have, but the villains are actually uh, people affected by this thing called ignorance, which is like this glass-like material. So they, you know, can create things out of it and they can infect other people on the street with it and kind of brainwash them. And they always come with this kind of a, like a very narrow idea of what is justice and what are, you know, how things should be. And the queers who represent everyone who's a little bit different uh, and, you know, the rainbow colors, they kind of can, can counter that by literally smashing all the things that, you know, they create from ignorance. So it's kind of like this really nice metaphor. And at the same time, when they do kind of smash all the defenses of the villain, they go into the... Um, a place called the inner space and they find out kind of like what happened to this person that gave them this super constricted worldview. So I just fell in love with it immediately. It's, it's, it's for me, it's like the perfect story. It has like action and fighting and drama, but at the same time, it's really heartfelt. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is gay material. <laughs> so that's how it all started. So, how did that happen? This becoming a a role playing game. You you were telling me that you met the author here in in London uh, as you were visiting. Were you on the lookout for your next IP after City of Mist, or was it just dumb luck to run into um, one another? Totally. I mean, um, no. I mean, we 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 knew as kind of acquaintances and friends um, for years. I mean, I have a you know, and and I just kind of followed him, and I think only this or last year he released the manga and I was following that and I was reading it. I was, like, I was thinking, my gosh, this stuff is good. And more than it, not only is it good, it's really like city of mist in the sense that um, people can't see, you know, they can't see the superpowers of the queers or the villains. And they are affected by this psycho physical sub substance that is, um, you know, changing their perceptions, which is like the myth in City of Myth. So genre-wise, these things are totally different. But I was kind of thinking this would make a great game. And to answer your question, I wasn't I wasn't looking at all for another IPO. And we have our own like next generation version of City of Myth that we've been working on. Um, and that's going to come out at some point. Uh, and it's going to be a universal uh, system. So you know, we weren't really necessarily looking for an IP to make a game out of, but I looked, the more I read it, the more I fell in love with it. And I said, let's do it. Let's do it. And we did. And so I believe the system is still related to City of Mist, which itself, I think, was a, a, a PBTA game system. So what can you tell us about... First, what the system is like and how different is it from City of Mist? Is it a, a lot different? Did you fine-tune a lot of elements to, to fit queers? Yeah. So first, I should say probably that City of Mist is, while it has the moves from PBTA, it's taken quite a, quite a leap from PBTA. For example, PBTA games tend to be based on archetypes. And you pick an archetype and you build a character and it has like fixed moves. City of Mist doesn't have these things at all. Um, the whole point of City of Mist is that it works on tags and your tags can be anything. So you can have a tag that's like a gun or you can have a, a tag that's strong or you can have a tag that's, uh, I don't know what, you know, police, uh, you know, policemen. 
whatever, like rights or, or, or authority or jurisdiction. And each one of these things give you a plus one to your 2D6 role, uh, which is like PBTA. So City of Mist is very, very um, flexible. And um, with, with um, queers, we took the same system. Nothing changed in the system. We just, um, the adaptations we made were, I mean, in the core system, and the adaptations we made were with the moves. So in City of Mist, you have moves like Investigate, you have moves like, um, you know, hit them with all you've got and all kinds of like noir uh, terminology. And it, here we did a lot of work crafting the moves so they can reflect um, the kind of stories you tell with queers. So you have Strike a Pose because if you're a Power Ranger or if you are, you know, into a lot of the kind of arts and the culture uh, that is usually associated with LGBTQ, you know, dancing, drag queens. Um, it could be, um, we're not necessarily putting that into a category by any means, uh, but all of that range of abilities from battle stance to voguing, you know, is there and is available with this move, strike a pose. Um, we have, a, you know, a move for healing, care. We have a move for, you know, diff different bits and pieces that you start like, you know, tweaking the system to be able to tell the story that you want the players to be able to tell. Uh, so yeah, bits and pieces, but mostly it runs on City of Mist. Cool. Well, I grew up on Sentai uh, back in, uh, in Belgium and France when I was a kid. Uh, I actually have a grudge against Power Ranger because when I grew up, uh, <laughs> there were uh, this... Uh, I don't remember his name, but there's a, a gentleman, uh, Franco, Japanese gentleman, who imported a lot of the Sentai, the original Japanese one, to France. And because in Belgium yeah. you grew up watching French TV, uh, we were exposed to a lot of them, uh, Bioman and, and Flashman and all of that. And they were poorly dubbed in French, but we had the original thing, an Exor, <laughs> which was my favorite uh, space sher sheriff. <laughs> but when uh, for the little story when Power Ranger happened the people who got the copyright for Power Ranger had the copyright for all of that as well for I'm not sure how it worked exactly but they sort of forbid made a blanket for uh, they forbid mm. the original Sentai to be sh uh, broadcasted anymore in France and Belgium so oh, suddenly wow. all that stuff was replaced by an Americanized version, which was had, had another yeah. couple of other issues with that. So uh, and yeah, it sort of hit me when I was a, a young teenager. So I was really resentful towards Power Ranger, like being not the real Sentai because the real Sentai are from Japan. Oh, totally. <laughs> they're not. They're, I agree totally. I mean, there are many other examples. Even Sailor Moon, in a way, is a Sentai in the sense yeah, that definitely. I mean, so uh, we're taking a lot of inspirations from that as well. It's funny. I just want to say one thing. When I grew up in Israel, we got a lot of like those Japanese French combo shows um, in the eighties. So I was also raised on maybe the, yeah, shows. might be the same. His name uh, I, I remember his name. His name was Hubert Chonzu, and uh, yeah, he imported all this stuff. And there's yeah, the, the French speaking community, and I, I know in Spain also they had uh, that as well. We we have a a rather close relationship to Japan because we, we had the, the, the stuff uh, directly uh, yeah, yeah. put in front of us in the, in the, in the 80s. Totally, when you're like, <laughs> <laughs> when, 
when you're a kid and you're just like sucking in all these uh, all these shows into your brain. But the, the spirit is really fitting. Uh, I mean, as an outsider, uh, and actually, I, I got a question about that. Uh, so I'm I'm straight. Uh, I'm a boring cisset white male uh, with a beard, middle aged no, by this point. You're not boring. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, uh, on one hand, uh, I find it extremely exciting and fitting uh, the the topic of sentai and queerness being brought together. Uh, at the same time, especially if I wanted to play it publicly on the stream, there's a lot of discourse regarding what uh, about representation and what someone, especially on the stream and to a smaller extent on table, uh, whether uh, a white person could play a character of another ethnicity and other, um, yeah, maybe a queer character. So, uh, what? What's your? I guess it would encourage straight people to play your game. What What would you be your encouragement not to? Well, maybe not to worry yeah. too much about that, but at the same time, maybe things to be careful about. That uh, yeah, if I want to play queers, what should yeah. I? I should not do uh, when I, I I take on that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm no authority in this. I mean, I'm I'm gay, but I don't necessarily, you know consider myself an authority on any of these things um of course we work with you know a very wide range of people from all you know from all communities from all um you know the let me start with this the beauty of queers the manga is that it doesn't have labels it doesn't start saying oh this character is gay oh this character is trans oh this character it doesn't it doesn't get into that because it's really about bringing people together. You know, the villains, the heroes, the good, the bad. It's, it's all about bringing, bringing people together and being inclusive. And um, we've had a kind of a hard time communicating that just with the name. The name, I think, of the manga is so in your face that uh, people respond to it. You know, there was a kind of a bad attempt uh, by, I forget who, like Q-Force, some kind of a bad attempt to make a... Uh, to make a show about a uh, queer superpower or something like that that went badly. And people just kind of put it in that category. It's a super inclusive game. Um, I think that um, the concept, especially I know from speaking to Isago, the concept behind queers is not just about LGBTQ, it's about anyone that's kind of different. And you can see the characters, especially the villains are kind of different and they have a problem with it at some point, which turns them into a villains. And, and it could be if they have red hair, one of the characters has red hair and they don't fit and they want to fit. And then it snowballs from there. Um, so it's really about being different. And we write that in the game. Uh, if you, you know, everyone is different in, in, in some way and um, can, can tap into that. Your character doesn't have to be LGBTQ in any way. Um, so that's the first part. I really do. I don't make games for like a select group of people. It's for everyone. I, at the same time, I think it's great that we're able, we're in an age where we can uh, publish something that does have a strong LGBTQ theme and everyone gets to, you know, see, play things that you wouldn't, you, you can play in other RPGs, but you don't have the structure for so um, I think CDMS in that sense is great because the tags are so open. Anything can be uh, a power source, you know. It could be whatever fashion. It could be um, it could be um, your hobbies. It could be anything, you know. Whether or not 
it could be we have a character that has tag queer history because they're good at it and they can use that to counter some of the attacks of the um, um, villains. And on the other point you said, um, playing characters that are um, LGBTQ when you're not or I mean, for me, for me, role playing games are about trans identity, not not in the sense that <laughs> of uh, trans people, uh, but in the sense of like um, going beyond identities, trying different identities, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of also what is trans something about your identity is changing. Um, maybe, you know, obviously a trans person would be better suited to talk about this. But what, when I talk about trans identity, I talk about, you know, going beyond identities, taking on a new identity for, for an hour, trying something, try to be in someone else's shoes. And I think that I would very much, um, you know, you know, um, encourage you know, people who aren't LGBTQ try to take on these roles, especially if it's in your own game, if you have it with, you know, if you're playing with um, people who can kind of guide you in that way. The only thing you have to remember is who you're playing with. If you're going to make a caricature out of an LGBTQ person and there's, there gay, there's a gay person or a trans person at the table, or even if there isn't, you're just sitting around all, you know, straight people making a mockery out of LGBTQ people, that's probably not what I intended, right? Um, but, um, or why we, we make this game. But, um, but I, would, I would recommend, I think this is why we role play. I mean, you take on a role. So, and especially if you air it, by the way, it's not a good idea to, to do that. Um, but I think it's a great place to experiment. Why not? Um, yeah, definitely. Do you, do you think that people could... Would, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, for me, that's what is or should be the strength of, as a hobby of tabletop role playing games is, as you say, take on for a little bit and, you know, as much as it's possible, just around the table telling each other stuff, uh, try to move yourself in the, in a, in a couple of situations, which is not your own, at least. It might not be representative of somebody else's reality, but, at least hopefully it challenges you know your your presumptions regarding a lot of stuff which you consider to be uh air quote normal or common and suddenly you yeah. you find out okay what is it like to be um yeah the not have as much money uh what is it like even to be in a position of power like a game i really enjoyed at the time yeah. was legend of the five rings because it had a very structured way of putting people in charge who sometimes who, oh my gosh. who not meant to be in charge and I've I, I learned a lot about hierarchy and supporting the person in charge and being in charge through this game stuff which helped me you know uh, in yeah. work uh, and and yeah, so playing, I mean I'm very interested in games like Haunted West or uh, what is it, what is it called now? Uh, Arlem Unbound uh, in the world of Call of Tunu, which is designed specifically yeah. to play people of colors. He's awesome. Uh, yeah, he's he's yeah. amazing, yeah. and uh, yeah. So so yeah, that's that's for me. That's an opportunity to do that. Uh, the frustration sometimes, sadly, is to find out that well, sadly, most people, a lot of people, maybe not most, uh, 
don't take this type of learning from rolling dice or even doing a story just like sometimes well more often than not mm. I'm, I'm surprised of the reaction of some fans of Star Trek <laughs> you'd think some ideas are kind of core to the idea of Star Trek uh, you know diversity <laughs> and being open to a lot of things and yeah. suddenly you got so-called fans who complain about a, a the the lead being of color, which is nonsensical from almost day one in in Star in Trek. Star so. Trek, it's, there's like a history of that. Yeah, but it's weird. Yeah, that's the thing. I and, mean, they've done this for years. Yeah, and had it in Cisco. What, what's the? What, what's, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is always going to be out there, right? I mean, you're always going to get the the those more constricted worldviews and. Yeah, and I mean, what I like about Queers the Manga and Queers the Game is that it's all about reaching to these people, not like villainizing them. So, I mean, of course, you have to stop them if they're doing anything violent or anything. So your first deal is like, let's clash, let's fight so I can at least stop you. But then the second phase of it is like, you know, it's, it's, it's meeting, meeting that head on instead of just saying, okay, I'm done with these people, you know, because really what you're getting is a very polarized society. You're getting like people sitting in their silos, hearing always their own opinions, never coming in contact with the other opinion. And the other opinion is no one, you know, no one is like arguing the fact that it's completely, um, you know, bigoted. Sorry, but it is. <laughs> uh, but still we need to kind of try and, try and bring light into that place. I, that's what I feel anyway. So so that's why I really like this this story. Uh, we've got some questions from the chat room. We've got Noyo Jiko. I hope uh, I'm pronouncing that well. Who, uh, first of all, is uh, they are saying that uh, they had a chance to run a demo of the game last night and they had a, an absolute blast. So that's, that's great to read. Oh, cool. Awesome. So <laughs> they <laughs> are you. asking where they can ex expect the full game that is in the demo to be... Uh, what, what can we expect from the full game that is not in the d demo? And uh, yeah, when and what would that be like? Yeah. So the full game is going to have a bunch of things. First of all, um, I mean, so the way we're doing it this time in the Kickstarter is a little different. We're creating a basic box that has like all the characters, a new adventure, and also the learn as you play um, books that we have in our starter box in City of Mist. Similar, obviously completely brand new for um, queers. Other things that are going to be in the game that aren't there right now is um, a lot of rules on like formations because Sentai is like, what would Sentai be without like being able to combine your powers into things? into like mega attacks and things like that. So there's going to be rules about formations. Uh, there's going to be, um, you know, all of like stuff like stop holding back, holding back from City of Mist. How do you kind of max out your powers? There will be rules about um, becoming an icon, which is like becoming an avatar in City of Mist, but different. It's when you your powers like really reach the, the maximum, but you kind of burn out pretty fast. And also the possibility of becoming basic again, like forgetting, you know, kind of like disconnecting from the rainbow empathy. Oh, basic. Uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, basic. <laughs> so really going all the way with the, you know, with the uh, gay slang and queer slang. So it's really fun. 
Um, so uh, the, the MC will have a lot more advice on how to create, you know, adventures, uh, which we didn't include in the demo. And so that's going to be the basic box. With the core box, there's going to be also the character creator. So you'll be able to create your own characters just like any other core game. Um, and, um, you know, more stuff for more characters. You also have the, um, we're going to publish the comic book itself. So you, you will be able to get uh, the printed. And then we have like, you know, those more extended tiers with more stuff, more characters and more dice and things like that. Um, but we just divided it into boxes. So it's really super clear what you're getting and super easy to grab it. It's easier for us because we have like four products basically and, and that's what we're um, shipping. Oh, I've, um, se I've seen spreadsheets with a lot of different packages and products as part of a, oh, a little job yeah. I took recently with a certain company. Listen, it's like five-dimensional <laughs> spreadsheets. It looks complicated. Get into that. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, we will be releasing uh, also in, in, in one of those boxes you can get, you can also get it as an add-on. It's not like you have to get the box necessarily, but uh, you can also get an, an adventure anthology. So we have a really amazing cast of writers um, who will be writing new characters. They will be writing uh, new villains. They will be writing new adventures. So the adventure anthology is something you can grab and just like have five ready-made cases to run on, on, in addition to the one that you get in the basic box and the one that you get in the demo game. Um, and... Um, Maybe we'll also do a villain's book. It depends on how oh, the story goes. Cool. So, yeah. So yeah, this, this is a lot. We're really like excited to get started because uh, there's really a lot of plans for what to what to add. You sort of hinted at that with the the, the packages, which were clear and limited in number. But uh, are there important lessons that you you learn with City of Mist that you are applying now uh, going into uh, your campaign? <laughs> like your two main ones yeah yeah big i mean yeah i don't know i mean i mean the first thing is of course it's a little different when you run it and when you're a little more established when we were running even knights of fame town 2018 which we're just finishing now to you know to fulfill it's been a long time so i think the biggest lesson is delegate like crazy because when i do everything on my own it just takes years so, I mean, it sounds dumb, but then you get into a point where you have to keep working and you have to finish it. And now that we're kind of past that, we're going to approach things very differently. So we have a different lead writer. I'm not going to be writing the books. Um, um, Stephen, um, Stephen Pope, who was a great uh, MC on um, or GM on uh, Saving Throw Show. And he's amazing. He's written everything that you're seeing in the demo game. Um, we have a team of writers, so we're kind of hoping to complete this way faster than before. I'm hoping by March we'll be able to release everything. Um, it also depends on print and many other things, um, but that's the, that's the anticipation. Yeah, hopefully the shipping prices will drop back to a reasonable price. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just mental. It's mental. But and this is why I'm always so thankful to backers and and anyone who buys our games. It's just um it's really, really cool that people um 
you know, they spend they spend their money on these things. And I'm also grateful for it because that allows us to keep creating games. So, um, yeah, and, and shipping has become kind of crazy, yeah. Yeah, but but that, you know that's a good point. That's something sometimes people people miss. Uh, when you spend money on a game from a, a rather small company, most of your money goes to helping the authors survive <laughs> and in financing other projects. So yeah, put put all your money in in small pro kind of small <laughs> projects uh, like that. Yeah. I, I was wondering what totally, was. Totally, totally. What was your first conversations like with Isa, the author of the the comics? So, uh, he, does he play uh, does he play role playing games, or did you come out out of nowhere telling him about that? And he was like, "I'm not sure about out that." <laughs> out of nowhere, I mean, he doesn't play role game. Doesn't understand. He keeps telling me, "I don't understand what this <laughs> is about." And I think now he does more because, you know, we released the demo. So he was able to read it and understand how, you know, how you can play it. Um, but, um, yeah, I just sat him down one day on Zoom, obviously, because we're many miles apart. And I just told him, listen, um, I want to make a game. <laughs> I want to make a game based on your manga. Would you license it to us? And he, you know, it, it took a while, but he... He got it. I mean, no, he said yes immediately, but it took a while to get him to, uh, you know, understand what exactly I want. But um, because what the heck is role playing games? But um, now he's totally on board. He's super. He's super happy this is happening, and we're also going to be printing the, you know, the graphic novel for the first time. So obviously, he's he's mega excited about that too, and you know, hopefully, we can get. You know, a publisher to pick it up and 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 run with it. I mean, I mean the manga, because um, right now he's self-publishing and it's it's going well. But I think it could be much bigger. So it's part of the package you can order f well, that people will be order. I think starting September 16, the game and the graphic novel yeah. together. Then, yes, September 14th, and yes, you'll be able to get in the core set. You already have the graphic novel because it's just. It's just so good. <laughs> so uh, we have to we have to add it. And of course, there will be an option to just grab it as an add-on. Or we're kind of considering maybe even create a tier just for people who just want the um, just want that. But of course, we're focusing on the game. Great. Uh, we've got Aviv R in the chat room uh, asking uh, ah, if. <laughs> asking <laughs> if there are plans or if the uh, if uh, Isa already play the game uh, of queers with you? Uh, yes, there's definitely plans. We have not done it yet. We are super busy. I don't know if you <laughs> people know who the person is asking this question. Avivor is like the mythological illustrator and uh, Crystal Hearts. If you don't know Crystal Hearts, you should go and check out Crystal Hearts. Up to four players. Um, up to four players. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, exactly. And um, and we made the Crystal Heart game with them and many, many other things that we won't get into now. But um, yeah, so we want to play. Aviv, would you play it with us? That's uh, that's my counter, my counter question. <laughs> if we can do a game, it would be really, really Hey, cool. if you need a player, I'm available. I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, yeah, I think I agree. I think that, uh, you know, 
We're probably, I'm not sure how, how much, you know, there is a plan. I know I'm not sure how much Isago is on board with it uh, because um, I think he's some, you know, he can be a little conscious about English and things like that, but I think uh, it would be really cool to get him to play a, a game based in the, But I don't know. I don't know because I have to ask creators as well of, of um, stories or comic books. And again, maybe this is something for Aviva. Um, how would you feel when someone, well, I guess, how, how do they feel when you play in your, when someone else plays in your universe and makes it their own? So right up to four players made a game. So that was a stupid question, but Um, you know, someone takes your story and start, you know, starts playing in it. Is this why, like, uh, there was never a, a Harry Potter role-playing game? Isn't this something related? Like, they yeah, probably and control over the story? I mean, one example comes to mind. It's not even gaming per se, but uh, I know that Anrise was very opposed to any kind of fan fiction. So she, she did, she invested right. a lot of time and effort to to stop any form of fan fiction happening in her in her in her in her book so uh, i would imagine that's also why you don't have a as far as i know official lestat vampire and queen of the damned uh role-playing games although i think that would be quite popular and vampire the masquerade definitely was influenced by her work well But, yeah, uh, yeah. kind of covered <laughs> well, Avivod says that uh, she, they, I want everyone to play in our universe. <laughs> so it's, but totally. it's, it's true an art. I mean, yeah, it, you, as a player, you probably come from a different place, but uh, as someone who designed a set yeah. fiction, uh, I guess it, dip yeah, yeah, it's, it's, It's it's weird. Yeah, like I designed a game so I expect people to play in it, but it doesn't have a, a set universe. Even if I was designing a game with law, you know, background, a lot of information and NPCs and so on, I'm not sure how, how happy, comfortable I would be about hearing that. Oh yeah, they they changed that character. She, yeah. I, I made her a woman and they gender swapped her to make it a, a man because they, they prefer a man in a position of power or, or they're starting killing my NPCs left and right. But that's, yeah. that's, that's the deal. <laughs> When you release the game, you give it to people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, when you make a game, you kind of say, okay, this is what, a, like, Actually, not everyone, but I think a lot of creators are like, this is yours now, go ahead, do whatever you want with it. If you're even like remotely using anything that I've created, that's already pretty amazing. But when you create like a universe, a story, and you choose that medium that's closed, I don't know. I'll have to ask Isago, actually. That's a very good question. There's the author, there's also the fandom when you think of it, because there's been a lot of backlash regarding some art which was made of... I think it's notorious or infamous. Uh, Steven Universe, th there was some fan art which rubbed fans the wrong way because characters with a certain body type were suddenly made slimmer and that, that was kind of mm. the opposite of the point. So, so the fans reacted poorly. Have you, have you heard of seeing anything yeah. in City of Mist in which you were like, hmm, not, not fan of that? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think I have, no. I don't think I have. I really, I really, I, 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 I'm totally 
in love with the city of this community. These guys are amazing. And now we we open the garage in the summer. So that's like our own like um, fan created, you know, you can sell your, your creations for City of Mist. And people have been releasing amazing things. Now, admittedly, I didn't read into everything. So I don't know if there was like a bomb there that I would read. And I was like, I can't believe we did it. But I don't think so. I think people release really, really cool things. Um, so I, I can't say that I have. Um, did you ever see like someone doing something really wrong with, um, you know, with someone else's role playing game? <sighs> the only thing I can think of is is um, is with um, the Camarilla thing. Mm-hmm. That was like a like using LGBTQ um, pretty much camps um in a really really bad way and um that's kind of them doing that to themselves so mm. that's the only thing I yeah can remember. i guess, I guess the, the thing is most of the games which take place even if you are the the author uh like yourself uh you probably really unaware of whatever Bob is doing yeah. in his basement yeah. in Kansas <laughs> playing City of Mist with I don't know uh, yeah. um, American Civil War inspired character I, you know you uh, until they make it a stream and the stream somehow they make is yeah. becomes very popular uh, you you're probably not aware of what what people are, are doing just like I guess when you know the the, the novels uh, when you read a novel, you make up your own little stories. But yeah, until you type it a, as a fan fiction, the author of the original novel is not is not aware of that. So yeah, exactly. In most cases, you it's don't okay. know. People should be able to do. Yeah, exactly. Because people should be able to do what they want to do as long as they don't hurt anyone. And if it's their own universe within their thoughts, maybe it's better even that it stays there. But um, it's yeah, I don't know. It's like. I mean, the, the things that we've seen people put out were really cool, and, and I'm, I'm really happy with it. And there is a thing, also City of Mist is extremely, um, I call it a proto-setting. It's not really a, it has a lot of setting, but none of it is fully baked. And the big questions behind it, like what is the mist, it's it's an open question. So you actually, in, in Shadows and Showdowns, we this this new expansion that is now coming in print, um, we guide you how to create the answers to the question of what if, what is the mist, but it could be very, very different. So I kind of wanted people to do whatever they want with them. I was, you know, I wasn't into the whole... Well, actually, it's this a... Is my canon. <laughs> actually, it's a good segue in a question from the chat room because Noyo Jiko uh, was asking, does the scenarios format for, for queers is going to be the same as in City of Mist, meaning uh, cases slash icebergs, which are, I assume is mm. what you, you're describing? Yeah, so um, we probably won't be using the icebergs. We're still kind of feeling it out. We didn't use it for the demo game. And I think it went well. I think um, I don't think uh, Queers is an investigation game, so it doesn't need to have that um, very kind of like looming body of, of evidence, you know, that is gradually revealed like an iceberg. Um, yeah, so well, there will be some kind of, we might use kind of a little a map of scenes so that there is a kind of mobility between the locations like in City of Mist. The City of Mist is kind of designed in a very open way where you have like 
locations that are connected to each other and you can go up and down the iceberg uh, with your scenes, we'll do something like that, just not as investigative. So it's more about fights and fun and going into the inner space to heal someone and coming out and things like that. Uh, question. So I, I was saying earlier that uh, I'm about to release a illustrated version of my own game, Paris Gondo. And since I don't have a lot of money, <laughs> what I did, I was very lucky. I found an artist. Expensive, huh? Yeah, yeah. I found an artist who was art, Buddy Hartley, uh, with Australian who lives in the Netherlands. Uh, his art is perfect for my game. So, uh, air quote, all I had to do was to purchase existing art from body to put in my game so and it's much oh. cheaper but uh since queers is a graphic really novel like are you recycling existing art or is there a lot of new art new characters which isa is gonna draw for the game so both both a lot of the art is going to be from the um uh from the graphic novel just because it's so gorgeous that we really just wanted to to showcase all of this art and there's so much of it so it's just going to be a you know it's a waste it's like you said it's very very expensive to produce these games um especially also there's a license involved so um yeah so we're going to be using a lot of that and at the same time we're going is going to be creating new art especially for new characters and new villains so yeah you know less maybe locations there's going to be location maps or mats that you can use as well uh but for all the new characters there will be new art um and for all the villains some location maps things like that and then a lot of the graphic novel isago is also working on volume two already so there's more coming in uh which is amazing But by the way, I love the. Uh, I put on screen uh, uh, screenshots of the, the character sheets for Teddy Wolf and Absolutely Fabulous. I love the name Absolutely Fabulous for someone living in London. <laughs> that, that's perfect on so many, so many levels. So many layers. Are those characters the American audience? No, actually, they do. My, my my partner knows Absolutely. I think they would know a bit sure. of the the TV yeah. show Absolutely Fabulous. But uh, are yeah. those characters new or? are they part of the graphic novel because I'm, I'm totally unaware of the the, the graphic no novel. they're in the graphic novel they're in the graphic no they are badasses <laughs> both of them they're in the graphic novel and um and there are there are i think maybe uh at least three or four other characters um i mean the names are pretty sometimes pretty on the nose like twinkie camp teddy wolf There is a Carol Butch that I think is kind of borderline. We need to think about what to do with that. Um, but, you know, but it is, it's, it, it, what I have to kind of keep reminding our audience is that it's Sentai, it's manga. It's the names are always like in a way kind of broken on the nose English. And that's a kind of the fun of it as well. So as long as we keep it away from anything offensive, um, I think it's part of the fun. You know, and uh, and uh, that's why I love this name, Queers, even though it's very much on the nose. It's just like, it's so like, you know, you can see the light flashing out of it. And uh, it's so uh, it's so manga and it's so um, specifically Sentai. So so I love that. Um, yeah, the characters are awesome. I mean, 
the powers, the characters, the it's really cool. It's really, I really, I mean, if you haven't downloaded, people haven't downloaded the demo game, totally do it because there's so much um, in there already. Noyo is saying in the chat room that uh, he, he had, the, or they had to say, uh, John Helton out loud yesterday before they uh, understand the reference. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of those little references. Um, I believe there's quite a few. In the names. There's quite a few City of Mist streams. Are there already plans for queer streams? Uh, is any of them somewhat official? You know, they're the canon in the universe or this sort of things? Well, we have, um, I mean, we have a really cool channel going that's going to stream an actual play on the day um, of the thing. I don't want to reveal it just yet, but it's uh, it's a big channel. We're pretty excited about it. Um, so they're going to be streaming an actual play on the day of the launch of the Kickstarter. Uh, we don't have uh, yet a uh, queer stream. If anyone wants to, um, you know, take on the challenge, then uh, they should contact us and we'll set them up. But yeah, that would be really cool. Brilliant. Uh, when we close to the one hour mark, is there something we missed that you'd like to talk about? Uh no, I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, yeah, I mean, we're really excited about this game. Everyone in the team is super excited. Um, you know, we're proud of it. We're proud of the demo game. We think it's a really cool, solid game that allows you to play a very kind of unique, um, you know, unique setting. I hope that other people like it there. If you can help us, you know, retweet it and reshare it and um just get the word out there uh that would be really really cool get your friends play a game see what it's like and um yeah and uh, transform your villains into your your friends or your allies at least <laughs> the you f like your comics you know sentai comics uh um what are they called uh forgot my my uh, uh, otaku vocabulary but um, uh, you you fight for a bit and then you're friends like uh, like Vegeta and Sangoku Piccolo and Sangoku <laughs> or anyone with Sangoku uh, you know. fight for a bit and, well, and then you're friends yeah, you fight for a bit and then you blow up your friend <laughs> <laughs> your enemy rather but yeah I agree yeah you, exactly you fight for a bit and then you make up and you're and your friends and it's a lot of fun I wasn't that was one of my uh, big questions when I approach it. Is it going to be fun and how do we make it fun? And um, and I'm really, I, I had a lot of fun playing this game in the playtest. It looks like fun. I mean, you just see the title, the colors and the, the few pictures and you're like, oh, oh this is going to be really, <laughs> really fun. And uh, yeah, people... Like, I'm going to do this and that's <laughs> going to be... Like oh, my power is going to be cooking <laughs> so you can bring from uh, yeah. your stuff from uh, Iron Chef and, uh, and whatever whatever shows. Oh. Uh, I'm going to use a bunch of wires uh, to fly between buildings. So, uh, so it's perfect. I can have the... Oh, yeah. I could have something like Suing Bee. So you... You uh, you reference yeah. Great British suing bee and suing bee that you know your color is yellow your powers are related to 
wires and threads and needles. Ah, oh, I, I got a character already. You already uh, have it. You already have your character. You might as well make it. <laughs> but yeah, people should Go share and retweet because you, you've got a record to break now on Kickstarter. So I believe it says $7 million. So you just need to do better than Avatar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, just like easily do better than the biggest franchise in the history of role-playing games. That's, that's quite a yeah, surprise. I love, I love Avatar and I'm very, very happy for, for this game. I hope it will be uh, a successful, you know, because I've seen a few Kickstarters. Well, already a success. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I've seen a few Kickstarters campaign which were successful and then it didn't seem to translate so much you know, in clubs and how many people you hear playing the game. So what I really hope is that yeah, this game okay. will will be played a lot because I hope, my, my real hope is that not only uh, I don't want Avatar to replace D&D, but I, I think Avatar would be something which might encourage more people. Oh, I tried Avatar so I could try Queers now and City of Mist yes. or this sort of game. Yes. It looks like it's more opening the field rather than narrowing it down to 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 a thing but yeah. uh yeah so and i want to say it couldn't have been in better hands literally it could not this game could not have been in better hands not even yours i mean <laughs> not even mine we're talking about people who have been running you know magpie games have been creating indie games and for so long and such amazing games and you know i don't know the whole team but i know uh mark truman and he's you know beyond qualified he has been down the rabbit hole of kickstart successful kickstarters and they didn't work successful kickstarters it did work they're the best people for the job so i'm i'm, I'm excited about it i want to see you know i, I kind of wanted to break 10 million but <laughs> i don't know if it's going to happen we're in the last 48 hours right well, yeah. How, how is it 48 hours? Because I was like, because I wasn't employed, I didn't uh, pledge to it. So that <laughs> I got a job, I'm like, oh, should I? Should I? So if, yeah, if it's only 48 <laughs> hours, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, very good news for everyone who's in the, in the indie industry. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope so. I, I hope at the end of the day, it will be something positive for, for everyone. So um as a sort of a goodbye, just uh, to give some news about Cafe Rollist uh, and close out, uh, I just mentioned now I got a job, so maybe I will be able to afford uh, Queers and uh, an Avatar. But uh, the result is that uh, I'm going to put this sideshow Cafe Rollist on hold until further notice. There might be others, but certainly not as frequently as they used to be. So this might be the last one for for a while but there's a for for people listening to this on the main podcast feed because i'm going to put this one in front of the backlog so it's released in time for the kickstarter uh there's a lot of backlogs you've got at least a year worth of interviews which you haven't heard uh if you're discovering the show now you can find everything on on youtube uh, and other places so so yeah that's that's the news good news i got a job bad news uh that means i don't have as much time for for this but uh it's also because i need to dedicate myself to my game and maybe other games uh which i uh started to to want to to design and a lot of people i recommend also to go check out on itch.io and drive through i read a lot of well quite a few a lot of translation to french of one page rpgs the last one being clue it don't by chloe macheter and grant owit 
and a couple of French games, again, one-page RPG and Spanish games, which I translated to English. So uh, The Feather and the Butterfly and Shakespeare in Roll, which you can find on DriveThru and Itch.io. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. And maybe if you would buy let's say 7 million worth of those one page RPGs I could <laughs> I could stop working and I could go back at doing Cafe Race but yeah that was that was my news uh, Amit where can people find you when you wish to to be fun and where can they find queers and uh, it's September 14th you said September 14th you can find us on Kickstarter you can find us on Google if you just search for queers uh, you can find us at uh, Queers RPG on Twitter, on um, Instagram, on Facebook, on Discord. We have a Discord server you can uh, visit and uh, meet the gang. Um, yeah, and of course, we're at uh, City of Mist if you're looking for um, kind of like our core work. And that's it. Thank you very much for having me. And good luck with your new job. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Amit. And uh, good luck with your Kickstarter campaign. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Remember to hit the uh, subscribe, follow button on Twitch, uh, even if I'm, I'm not planning to stream too soon. <laughs> it's still it's still <laughs> good to have the numbers and go check uh, my website and my game, Paris Gondo, The Life-Saving Magic of Inventoring, which is inspired by Marie Kondo, but uh, it's Marie Kondo, but for murder hobos. That's my elevator pitch. <laughs> and I will be running four okay. sessions at Gen Con uh, on, from uh, September 16 to 19. So uh, also go uh, sign up for those sessions if you want a demonstration. So that's it. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Our logo is designed by Roland Kunz. Our theme song is Playtime by Jazar, which you can download on the free music archive. A video version of this episode is available on YouTube. Please consider subscribing to our channel there. Leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. If you would like more Café Rollist, you can also get access to our archive of 100 or so additional episodes via Patreon. If you want to be informed of everything released by the Rollist, we have a monthly newsletter for you to join. And if you want to contribute via the chat room to one of our recordings, subscribe to our Twitch channel and social media accounts to be informed of when streams are happening. Finally, links to everything I just mentioned can be found in the description of this episode. Thanks for listening to us and remember you are the release.